I was going in for a bit of larder management recently and I realised that my chilli collection had got so large it was about time I gave it its own shelf. The hotspot. I mean, I've got sauces, I've got pastes, I've got flakes. I mean, from all over. I mean, where, where do I start? Good morning, live from the gated community. It's Ronnie Barber, small doses. I've got to run cut my son's grass this afternoon, this morning. So I'm doing that today. I've got an exciting life, isn't it? Show business is just, it's just full of it, isn't it? It's just full of it. Oh, good, good clips today as well. Taylor has gone away to the beach. He's in Turkey. And yet, I don't think there's any political, uh, any diplomatic instance yet. I was thinking that maybe Taylor went to t- Turkey. Some would kick off. How are you this morning? How'd you? Good weekend? So what have I got today? Oh, I'll tell you what I did. And I'd like to put this out for general discussion. Do you remember albums that were big epic albums that you would get them back and you'd listen all the way through because they were so good? Morning, Alan. Um, I listened all the way through to Bridge Over the Troubled Waters, Over Troubled Waters with uh, Simon Garfunkel. Remember them? Yeah. And every song is like a hit. What was it, what were the album that you would get? You bought and you got it back home and you played it and you turned it over and you played it again and again. I was just saying with Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Every song in that album is like a hit. Uh, somebody, and I'm not making this up. I know make I make stuff up. I tell lies. Morning, Pauline. Good to see you. Oh, by the way, thank you to everybody who bought me a coffee over the weekend. Looks like I'm kind of maybe heading toward being able to carry on in January. I'm assured with all your monies and things, uh, I think we can keep going till Christmas. Well, money came in at the weekend, and I think uh, it costs about 40 quid a month to keep me going at this. I don't take any money from myself, it's for radio license, well, it's for music license. So uh, what was the album you bought and you played it back to front because it was gorgeous? Question for you, why have the English never adopted caber tossing? Morning, Rona. On toast toppers, I'm going to talk about toast toppers today. Oh, and I want to talk about cutting a long story short. But I'm going to open up with a very, uh, a very, very sensational thing. I didn't know this happened yesterday. Uh, yesterday was World Octopus Day. What? Yeah, Octopus Day. World Octopus Day because, um, well, they're trying to save octopuses. Um, and I didn't know this, but um, they're farmed. Well, Deborah Mead and her from the, uh, you know, from the, uh, the, uh, the den and everything, she, she recorded this. And, and I, I mean, listen to this. Things you didn't know, but yesterday was World Octopus Day. Today is World Octopus Day, and I'm joining with Compassion in World Farming to call on the Gran Canaria government to stop plans to farm octopus. Octopus is a complex, intelligent and sentient animals who simply don't belong in farms. They're naturally solitary, so crowding together in barren tanks would cause so much suffering, creating the risk of aggression and territorialism that can even lead to cannibalism. 
The planned octopus farm must be stopped. Show Gran Canaria the world is watching. Please share this video with the hashtag Stop Octopus Farming. Thank you. It must be a precarious one. It's a bit like fish farming. You know, they've, when they farm the fish, you have to go into the, the the water with the fish, and you know, there's all that ploughing to do. So I didn't know. I, I you know, I've, I've tasted octopus, and it was rubbish. So um, my uh, a case for that is don't um do octopus farming because it tastes terrible. Uh, right. So the numbers are there: oh seven eight four nine four five three five eight seven. Email radiobarber at gmail What have we got lined up today? Uh, or I want to talk about how to spot cannabis growers. Oh, and I'll tell you some stories. I, it, people were asking me yesterday. I put something up. It was uh, Independent Radio Day, right? It was Independent Radio Day or whatever. What I, you know. And I just happened to say that uh, thank you. Uh, independent radio for sacking me, uh, taking me on board and sacking me so many times. I'll tell you a few sta- sacking stories. Weird first lines of songs. I put this out yesterday as well. I want to talk about uh, bugs in France. They've got bed bugs in the France. Which uh, got me going. Remember me that I woke up in a brothel once. I didn't know, no, listen, I didn't go. I went out with uh, Magic Trip Tours. Uh, I'd just joined the RAF, and me and my mate Nixon, and he went out his girlfriend, Sue Holland, and uh, we went out, and we went out to France, uh, and we went to Paris on Magic Bus Tours. Cost us a fiver return. And we went to a hotel, and we <laughs> went to a hotel, and it was, you know, it was cheap, cheap as chips. It turns, up, it turns out it was a part of a hotel, it's a brothel. Because I couldn't sleep that night, because uh, I t- just heard everybody coming up and down the stairs all night long. Has everybody got a French hotel story? Is that one of those things? 07849453587. Now, um, I'll tell you a wee bit more about that. Starmer, uh, you know the Starmer, because it's a Labour Party conference. <laughs> They've been off work doing the Labour Party. Oh, Andrew's there. Oh, morning, Andrew. Morning, sir. Uh, Andrew saves his... Um, Penny says, Ed Sheeran, every track a number one. Never tired of listening to this. All oh, right, I played Ed Sheeran on Saturday, didn't I? Alan says, uh, Octopus Day, be careful of the onion rings at the all-inclusive buffet on holiday. Yes. <laughs> Yo, Nigel, St- uh, no, Nigel Starmer. Keir Starmer, he's on uh, uh, Laura Kunzberg yesterday. I mean, it was t- Victoria Derbyshire. She's brilliant. She doesn't let them off hook. So they've had 13 years of opposition, right? They've 13 years. And you think they would come up with a brand new idea, uh, you know, how to um, to cut the waiting list. And you know what his idea was to cut the waiting list? Get people work at the weekend, right? Get people and then pay them to work at the weekend. Now, on the surface, that looks like a patently good idea. The thing is... People at the moment in the NHS are working their hookies off just trying to keep the waiting list where they are. But instead of that, um, instead of coming up with a let's do a real recruitment process, we're going to get those people already knackered from working too hard, get them back in and pay them properly at the weekends. Well, it'd have to be double time, wouldn't it? But they've been in opposition, you think they would have done something else. Oh, I've got, um, I've got a Brian Blessed clip as well. Nicholas Lindhurst, you know him from Fools and Horses? 
He's been uh, touted as the king of sidekicks because he's over uh, a new series of uh, Frasier in America. You know Frasier? Um, a new series of Frasier is, uh, is up and running and he's a sidekick again. No, just one them. There's, there's a phone-in for you. Who are the greatest comedy sidekicks in sitcoms? Let's not do, like, uh, Ernie Wise. In sitcoms, who are the great sidekicks? Uh, 07849453587. I'm going to tell you about the man who spent uh, a fortune to look like David Beckham. Right, so where do we go? What will we go with first? What will we go with first? Oh, let's go with the man who spent a fortune. To look like David Beckham. Here we go then. This is a boy from up north. <coughs> man who spent £20,000 trying to look like David Beckham is now £14,000 in debt. And he warns others not about, uh, about his obsession. Nearly killed him. Yeah. A man from Kimberley. No, I don't know either who had numerous procedures to try and look more like his hero, David Beckham, is now £14,000 in debt. Jack Johnson, now 21, spent around £20,000 on eyebrow lift. What? You get an eyebrow lift? Wow, Stainton would love that, wouldn't he? Oh, wow, Stainton. That would pick up his whole face. You pick up the eyebrows and the face comes up with it. Uh, so he spent around £20,000 on eyebrow lift. Teeth veneers lip fillers, cheek fillers, Botox in his forehead, and tan injections. You can get tan injections. Used to work with him on the Mighty Skin FM. Tan injections. An eyebrow lift. That would be, well, you'd see me everything else. The former Ellis Guilford pupil, me neither, had funded the treatment by taking out loans. Now he's taken, uh, spoken about the impact on his life and how he stopped having medical work. I would think so. He tried to take his own life because trying to look like Beckham's a full-time job is not easy. Here's the obsession to go mental. Trying to look like Beckham nearly kill, killed me and I don't want others to make the same. No, I don't think anybody wants to look like David Beckham. In his bed to look like Beckham, who grew up in Bullwell, no, I don't know either, now lives in Kimberley, no, I don't know either, paid for the surgery using his disability living allowance by taking out loans and borrowing money. He's now struggling to pay debts of £14,000 and says he's learned his lessons while stopped having all forms of surgery. So there's a wee bit for you. Just remember, if you take out uh, loans to look like David Beckham, you could be in big trouble. Oh, big news coming in. Uh, this is a public service broadcast, uh, a part of the show, where I give you a wee bit of a help on how to uh, spot crimes where you are. I'm like the radio neighbourhood watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that. All right, oh, uh, here we go. French hotel story. Or oh, here comes Alan's. French hotel story. I ended up uh, to top tail an army major colleague uh, and an exchange visit to the military base near Toulouse. There's no accommodation, base accommodation, so the uh, French booked us into a cheap hotel in London. Ooh, nice. In, in town, sorry, in London. Carol says, what a waste of money. Who'd want to look like David Beckham? Well, you know, Carol, quite a few people want to look like me. Uh, there's been a few people where... Uh, Ronnie, can we send, you, send me your features? Right, here we go then. Um, this is uh, some... Uh, and I will tell you my sacking stories. Uh, right, OK. Uh, <clears throat> suspect. Do you suspect that somebody in your uh, street is uh, growing cannabis? Well, here you go. Um... <clears throat> 
It can be a very worrying time if you fear your neighbours are growing or even smoking cannabis inside their home. But what can you do and how can you stop it? Uh, the notoriously pungent stench uh, may be a sign of recreational user making. See, I've worked with people who were on cannabis and they were in a nightmare. They were just boring. They were just so chilled out. And I thought, no. Anyway, the uh, notorious pungent stench may be a sign of a recreational user making smoking the odd joint next door or a drug being grown in large quantities close by. And while you not be, might not be bothered about what other people get up to in their, t- in their homes, there's no denying the smell can be off-putting. So what action can you take? Right, here we go. Can people smoke cannabis in their property legally? Um, a Derbyshire police spokesman said the possession of cannabis is an offence. So uh, we'd encourage anyone who suspects drug activity, so you can't smoke in the thing. Uh, if you, I call the police, will my neighbours find out? No. Nope. Uh, uh, police say that the neighbours would not find out, the police spokesman said, so you can report them. So how do you know? Where do you know? How do you know what's... Uh, how have they grown? Uh, how can I find out? All oh, right, no, it's landlords. How do you find out? I think it's electricity, isn't it? Because whenever I see those cop shows, I love the cop shows, you know, when they, they, they go above and they see the heat sources. So if you think um, your next door neighbour's growing cannabis, just check they're not sapping up your electricity. You know, they're connected up to your thingy. Oh, my um, my um, report on the crime. I lived in a street once uh, where I was certain one of the uh, boys in there, uh, him and his mate were, uh, were drug dealers because cars would come up, stop and then go again. And very, very quick. And I thought, oh, aye, aye. Were they? So I did a report to the Crime Stoppers, and then it was a massive raid. And sure enough, they were they were dealing uh, drugs. But I was kind of worried. I've got to say, I was kind of worried that, that maybe I'd get uh, I'd get wrapped in. I'd get a knock on the door from you know the uh, hello, Ron. I oh, you've been telling people little porky pies because they're all and um, they're all cockneys, aren't they? Uh, let me do another clip. What else have we got? Uh, oh, Brian Blessed. Let me do this. So Brian Blessed, Gordon's alive. He gets asked to do a little speech to a boy who'd written a paper about him for his school thingy. Um, <laughs> uh, I think he forgot that he's a little boy because there is a swear word in here, ladies and gentlemen, I have to warn you. But it's Brian Blessed being Brian Blessed. I hear you've done absolutely marvellously. I believe you've got an A, A+. Plus. I believe you've done wonderfully well in school writing about me. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to bits. I feel deeply honoured. You've done absolutely marvellously. Your dad's here in front of me, helping me marvellously with my book. I'm going to go on lots of adventures. I'm going to say to you now that you must go for it. Follow your dream. There's no one like you. You're very special. Go for it and don't let the bastards grind you down. Lots of love to you. Brian Blessed, many congratulations. I'll also add from Flash Gordon, Gordon's alive! And you are alive! <laughs> Good luck. Um, <laughs> Brian Blessed, don't let the bastards grind you down. Penny says the smell is a bit of a giveaway, plus all the cars. Yeah, when you see cars coming in, did you ever, have you ever lived in a street where... Uh, they were dealing drugs. Did you ever report it? I tried, and it wasn't honest. They kept me anonymous. Um, uh, it's the Tory Party conference, so uh, no, it's the Labour Party conference. Uh, they're up in Liverpool. All right, all right. Yeah, you go. Bit of a local one. That's for the Liverpudlians, Scousers. Um, Claire Rayner, not Claire Rayner. Uh, Rayner. 
what's her first name? Can't remember. Um, she's a deputy, uh, in, you know, after Starmer. Uh, she's doing a lot of media, um, and suddenly her mum phones her up as well, and to say she's seen her on the telly. And there you were again. Mum, I'm in the middle. I'm, I'm in the middle of a meeting around, and I, and I said my mum never rings me. Something must be really up with her. Right, I'll give you a ring back when I finish the media rounds. <laughs> all right? You're all right. I was just congratulating you. Well. Thank you. All right, I'll speak to you in about 20 minutes. I'm just on. I'm on the media now. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> My mum never ever rings me, and she's never up in the morning. She's going land up now. That's why she's up, because she's never up in the morning anyway. So. <laughs> with your mum uh, I was working at uh, I was working at Talk Radio I was doing an overnight uh, shift on New Year's Eve right so I went from 10 o'clock in the evening till 6 o'clock in the morning so it was an 8 hour shift I did because I was Scottish anyway my mum and dad phoned me up to wish me uh, a happy new year um, and through and you know, they'd had a few drinks the problem was they were on the phone and when you're on national radio there's a seven second delay so that no naughty people well, get up to stuff and shout sweary words down it still happened but you dumped them off the air um, so they couldn't work out mum and dad up in Ayrshire couldn't work out how I was answering them on the radio seven seconds behind what they were doing on the phone but it was lovely I wish they were around a bit more right now I could do with them right now um, what else have we got for you oh right um Trump, you know the Trump. Uh, yeah, Trump is uh, he's, he's doing yeah, he's doing his rounds. He's trying to uh, grift a bit more money off of folks, um, and he's getting people to say prayers. We ask that those who stand against, we pray that you will impart wisdom to our president as he goes forth to stand in our place. We ask that those who stand against him would be put to silence. That those horrendous actions against him and his family would be exposed and struck down. When we leave this place, give us the courage to say no to evil. Give us the victory over addictions and vices that harm us and our families. And give us the courage to stand with President Trump in the caucuses and in the election to come. We ask for your guidance, wisdom, and power in Jesus' almighty and all-powerful name. Amen. Mental, isn't it? Uh, strike them down. Anyway, I, don't, I never understand that Christianity thing. Of, I've gone, yeah. Jesus loves you. He does, but you mess with him and you'll get your head in your hands. Uh, here's another one for you, um, talking about the Trump thing. Uh, the queue up to see the Trump. They're desperate to heal the, the Trump. And there's some great comments in there. God. And God is all about America. And God is the one that's going to save America. But actually, he's using President Trump as one of his tools. So that's why we support President Trump, because he works for God. Amen. 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 Uh, God using Trump as a tool. I think we've all known he's a bit of a tool. Hey, talking of uh, Trump, he's found a brand new uh, weather uh, forecasting uh, word, which I had never thought about with the sun. He's got a consultant somewhere. This is the worst consultant in politics that thinks he looks good in a bathing suit, right? <laughs> no, he, he spends so much time at the beach. And, you know, how do you do that? And, you know, I have a much better body than him. <laughs> but I'm not really sure that I want to... Expose it with the sun blaring down and the sand, the surf, the wind, you know. You, I mean, you know, it's not a pretty sight. The sun blaring down. I've no, it's brand new to me. He was talking about Joe Biden's body, by the way. He was, he's loving the body. Um, but in in the queues for the uh, the to see the Trump, 
uh, there's these uh, right-wing uh, commentators go and join him to try and stir it up. Uh, you know, what's the thing that's really concerning? Why have you come to see Trump? And I think it's something to do with issues. What do you guys want to hear from President Trump? What's the number one issue? I... Top issue, top issue, top issue. Top issue. Top issue. What's the, what's the top? What's the thing that... <laughs> top issues. Hey, listen, I'm going to play this for you now. Right, listen to this. And a certain number of you will know the program I'm thinking about right away. Get on the text or whatever and tell me when you hear this, which TV show are you thinking of? Go on, what's the show? Because I can see the show right now. I'm thinking Opportunity Knocks. You remember that guy that could on the muscle man and then we'd do the stomach with his stomach muscles like a ripple effect. And then he would show off his back muscles. I think he won Opportunity Knocks like three or four weeks in a row. <laughs> now, it's funny those things that kind of hit home. Uh, right, so uh, what else have I got here? All right, I'll tell you about the independent sackings. Um, uh, when I got fired from uh, two radio stations, I won't name the radio stations. In independent radio, when you get fired from independent radio, it's not like the BBC. The BBC are kind of uh, let you down gently. Well, they used to, but not so much now. Um, but they let you down gently. And, you know, they're true. But independent radio, they just turn up and say, that was your last show, you're fired. Well, two things happened in once. Uh, I was uh, working at a station... Um, and I came in to do my, it was a Saturday night show, a Friday night show I was doing, uh, and I think it was like 11 to 1. And I came in, and uh, those days, uh, you went in, you had a pigeonhole with your name, and your music was already in there. It would have the little kind of, uh, you know, your, uh, all your albums and your singles you were going to play, because it's stuff. Well, I came in to do my shift, and I went to get my music, and I didn't have a pigeonhole anymore. And that was the first I knew I was sacked because I came out and I said to somebody, had anybody seen my pigeonhole with my music? And then the phone rang and it was the boss of that radio station. Uh, then the other time I was working at a station, um, it was a big national station, and you could. Uh, I walked in and people were getting sacked before me. I was clinging to the wreckage and a lot of the DJs were getting fired. Um, personalities were all getting fired. And I said to Bill, the receptionist, who was ex-army, I said, Bill, because I was a service, I said, Bill, let me know, will you, uh, if, um, if I'm going to get the sack. And I came in to do my, uh, to my, do my preparation the day before and Bill gave me a funny look. You know, <clears throat> and he says, what? I says, you're going to get sacked. I said, oh, today, yeah, Jason's waiting for you. Jason was the boss, nice guy. Jason's going to, you know, so I decided, because I, I kind of sensed something was going on, and I went straight into his office, past everybody, and nobody looked at me because they all knew I was going to get sacked. So I went straight into the office, and I just went, Jason, I'm leaving. I've decided it's time for me to go. And he went, well, hang on, hang on. I said, no, no, I, I, I think it's, it's right. I need to go now. I got to. So I walked out before he could sack me. And he was gutted he couldn't sack me. That was the thing of it. But that's local radio for you. Oh, that's uh, national radio for you. Hang on, what's going on there? Hang on, there we go. <clears throat> um, so that independent radio, savage. But it's honest. So, um, stories about uh, bed bugs in France. There's a whole problem with bed bugs. 
I mean, they look horrible. And it's same with New York. New York's got a big uh, rat thingy. Rat infestation. So what, um, what stories have you got about French hotels? And bed bugs. Here's one as well. I was wondering what you're thinking about this. Is um, uh, Jimmy Savile? Uh, there's been a program made. Uh, Steve Coogan is going to be uh, starring as Jimmy Savile. Plays the role of Jimmy Savile. And the BBC have defended the decision to turn Jimmy Savile's life into drama, starring Steve Coogan. And I don't know if I'm going to watch it or not. What do you What do you think about these ones? Because I. I think I'll watch it, but I don't know if I'm going to be... I'm definitely not going to be comfortable watching it. And I always think about those poor women um, who were his victims. Are they, are they, do they want this to be out there? Is it going to be? Some people, some of the women might want it, but what about the women that don't want to see this story reenacted? My Jimmy Savile story, I was, um, I was at RAF uh, Holton and he uh, was down the road from Stoke Mandeville and he used to run from Stoke Mandeville to Wendover and back. Wendover is where the, the local town for RAF Holton. And uh, I saw him running and I, I caught up with him. And we ran together and people, were, people were, could see him and they were peeping their horns at him. And he was, uh, they would wave, but he'd, he went, oh, effing idiots. And he would swear under his breath at them, but he'd wave. Weird, weird guy. Weird guy. All right, I'm now going to do a thing I put up yesterday, and thank you for everybody who, uh, who does that, who responds to Facebook and everything. Weird opening lines of, of uh, songs. You ready? Uh, your butt is mine, gonna take you right. Which song's that from? Michael Jackson, bad. Your butt is mine, gonna take you right. Black Eyed Peas, uh, my humps. What you gonna do with all that junk, all that junk inside your trunk? Sam Cooke, this is a weird one as well. Only 16. She was only 16. Only 16, you think, hmm. Sam, move away, Sam. Bruce Springsteen, this is a weird one. I'm on fire, the song I'm on fire. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? What, I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, I don't think it's at all, but... What a question to ask at the start of a song. Uh, but Lorraine sent me one, the Beatles. I am the I am the walrus. I am he as you are he as you are me. Uh, you can send me your uh, weird and wonderful lyrics uh, to Radio Barber, radiobarber at gmail.com. Uh, it would be lovely to get there. Oh, look at 9927. Hang on, what's going on here? Taylor's, what's Taylor doing? Uh, he's found some... Oh, right. Taylor's found some Wi-Fi just as we're finishing. Oh, that's lovely. Ha, ha, ha. Right, I'm going to quickly talk about um, Toastoppers. Uh, Toastoppers, yeah. Um, Heinz fans beg for axed everyday food to come back after nearly a decade. Heinz fans... I remember Toastoppers. You remember the th they were... They looked a wee bit like sick. Heinz fans have begged the company to reintroduce Toastoppers, which were discontinued in 2015 as a petition started in 2020 has begun to getting traction. Condiment connoisseurs, 
<laughs> God, the big connoisseurs. We want toss poppers back, right? Um, I've, I don't need this to come back. Uh, much loved by people at lunchtime or at dinner times, there were tins of t uh, creamy mushroom or cheese and ham which were spread onto lunch. When grilled under bubbling, uh, when grilled under the thingy, it would bubble and it completed the to toasted uh, bread treat. Despite its popularity, it was discontinued. I wonder why it was discontinued. What do you think, folks? A fan recently reminisced about the toast toppers and lamented its loss to meal times, leading to others, vo others voicing their own opinions about its demise. One person wrote, Shame, Heinz toast toppers have disappeared. They made a quick and tasty snack when I used to be home in my lunch hour. What are the other things you used to bring back? I love a spam. A spam fritter's a thing of beauty, isn't it? I used to love it. We used to have those in the RAF. Brilliant. A spam fritter would get you through the lunchtime. Oh, and it made you Scotty, so in and deep fried. It's all right by me. No bother at all. Um, Ray says, hell yeah, I'm signing that. Chicken and mushroom toast topper was always my favourite. Was it, Ray? Ray's a bit of a connoisseur. He eats all the, all the good stuff, don't you, Ray? When you see him out and about sorting fridges. His diet worries me. Ray, you can look after yourself, my friend. Uh, right, so have I done as much as I can for you? I, did I get any stories? Uh, yeah, speaking, yeah, I've warned you about cannabis growers. Um, uh, David Beckham, don't, don't try to look like David Beckham because it'll cost you a fortune. Uh, BBC's, are you going to watch... Uh, oh, Taylor's back again, what's this doing? I'm, oh yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, Taylor's just said about um, the fact that when it was too hot, it would take the roof off the top of your mouth, wouldn't it? Oh, oh, oh. It's a bit like those ones you get. Um, oh, do they still do the apple thingies at uh, McDonald's? Remember those? The hottest things in the world. Uh, so so is some of the coffees you get at um, service stations. Uh, yesterday was World Octopus Day, so stop eating octopus, all you people. I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, you're going to go. No, me, Ronnie, I don't eat octopus. You're eating octopus. Right, I better go because uh, Penny likes to listen to Vernon Kay uh, uh, on the Radio 2. I'll be back on Wednesday. Um, and thank you for everybody I said. Again, thank you everybody who's, uh, who's contributed. I've got a wee plan in my head to do a couple of interviews with uh, friends of mine. Um, and maybe we can put those out. If I can get enough of them done, I'll put them out on the days uh, that I'm not doing a live show. I'll do a recorded interview with a couple of my ex-colleagues to see where they are and uh, and maybe some other people that you didn't know that I know. So maybe you could do that. You fancy that? Good. Uh, yeah, if you want to buy me a coffee, um, it's fine. If you don't want to buy me a coffee, you, know, you can't afford to buy me a coffee. Absolutely fine, though. Um, but I'm heading towards being able to fund the whole of January's broadcast at the moment. Um, I think uh, we've because I've paid all the stuff up to date, um, to Christmas, I've got my radio, I've got my um, music license sorted out and I've got my streaming going. So I think we can go to Christmas um, and I'm looking to go into the new year. So any money you can give me towards that would be brilliant. In the meantime, look after yourselves and uh, pass on the message about uh, Radio Barber Small Doses. Uh, we're going to try and do radio that you want to interact with, that you want to enjoy, you want to have a laugh. And the times when things are a bit dire around is not personally and internationally. It's sometimes just have a wee bit of a break, isn't it? Have a good one and keep your hands to yourself, you dirty beggars.
rainbows, raindrops splash rainbows, perhaps someone you know could sparkle and shine. This daydream slide, colour from shadow, picture the moon glow, dazzles my eyes. Stars around your heart, dreams come bouncing in your head, pure and simple every time. Now you're crying in your sleep. I wish you'd never learn to weep. Don't sell the dreams you should be keeping pure and simple every time. Here is failure to communicate.